This is the latest. Hello and welcome back to this episode of The Latest. Today we are looking at the case of Nazanin Zaghari Radcliffe. In 2016, Nazanin Zaghari Radcliffe travelled to Iran to visit her family with her daughter. However, she was detained at the airport and arrested before she could return home to the UK. Nazanin was sentenced to five years in prison for plotting to topple the Iranian government. This began a six-year-long struggle to return her home, one which was finally proved successful this month. Nazanin was born in Iran, however she studied in the UK where she became a British citizen after marrying her husband Richard Radcliffe and having their daughter Gabriella. Nazanin worked for the charitable arms of the BBC World Service and Thomson Reuters Foundation. During her holiday in Iran, she was therefore suspected of running a journalism course that was recruiting and training people to spread propaganda against Iran. Iran does not recognise dual nationality, therefore Nazanin was not considered a British citizen to be protected. Various political and diplomatic efforts were made across the six years to secure her release, but all failed. Certain complications have arisen in Nazanin's case, including comments made by the now Prime Minister Boris Johnson when he was Foreign Secretary in 2018. Boris Johnson said, when we look at what Nazanin Zaghari Radcliffe was doing, she was simply teaching people journalism. However, this was completely misinformed as Nazanin had never worked as a journalist. These comments were then used against Nazanin in court. Her husband, Richard Radcliffe, has always maintained that Nazanin was imprisoned as leverage for a debt owed by the UK to Iran. This £415 million debt dates back to the 1970s over a cancelled arms deal in which Iran paid the UK for tanks and armoured vehicles. When Iran's government fell, the UK cancelled the rest of the delivery and Iran asked for a partial refund. The International Chamber of Commerce ruled in favour of Iran on this issue and the UK government admitted that it needed to pay the debt. On the 16th of March 2022, Liz Truss announced that the government had paid the debt of £393.8 million to Iran for humanitarian use only. Nazanin was flown back to the UK on the same day along with fellow prisoner Anoush Ashouri. In this episode, I speak to Richard Radcliffe's cousin Alex Loftus about her role in the fight to return Nazanin home. Alex has been involved in various forms of activism over the last six years to raise public awareness of Nazanin's case. It was so interesting to hear for her what these last six years have been like as the world has followed Nazanin and her family's fight to freedom and what it was like to finally see Nazanin return home. So uh, my name's Alex Loftus. I'm Richard Ratcliffe's cousin. Um, so Nazanin is married to my cousin Richard and they have a daughter together, Gabriella. Um, I've been involved since pretty much the beginning. So it was this time six years ago um, that we had a great big family meeting Um possibly i think it was just before the uh it went live with with the change.org petition um and yeah basically all my my aunt uncle um all my cousins um and uh yeah and my siblings we all went down had a great big family meeting and started uh, started working out how on earth we we're going to get nazanin home yeah god six years ago now that's is mad so much has changed since then i was have you uh, just maybe have you spoke to richard or nazanin since she's got back how are they do you know how they are yeah, so we, um, we've had a couple of Zoom calls um, the first weekend when they were back, um, just before they'd done the press conference. And oh, it's just amazing to see them. Um, it's the first time that I've properly seen Richard with a, with a proper happy smile. I mean, obviously, he's been smiling in the last six years, yeah. but you could it was a genuine smile from from yeah deep within. Um, and Naz, it, it was just like she was yeah back with us, normal. Everything was back to normal. It was lovely. Yeah, just, yeah absolutely lovely. 
Yeah. So maybe if we just go back, so six years ago, do you remember sort of when you first heard that Nazanin had been sort of stopped at the airport and wasn't allowed to come home? How did you sort of feel in that moment or what was your first reaction? So I think it was sort of unbelievable to start with. So it's my mum that had phoned me just phoned to, for a normal chat and she just said, oh, just to let you know that Nazanin hasn't been heard of uh, or hasn't been heard from for the last three days because she was stopped at the airport. Mm. And it's like, what? what? What are you what are you talking about? And then, yeah. and then it, it became apparent that actually she'd um, um, they just said, oh, well, there's a problem with your passport. Um, and then after a few days, she was taken a thousand kilometres away into a different prison um, mm. and then nobody heard from her for a month. So in that sort of first month, it was just like, oh, my gosh, where on earth is she? How, how does this happen? It's yeah, it's, it just doesn't happen. I mean, you go on holiday and you come back again, don't you? From your holiday, yeah, so. yeah. No, it's just it's unbelievable. It must have been such a surreal moment. It really was. It really was. Yeah, it's just like that. That just doesn't happen. How, what do you mean? She's just not got back on the plane. Yeah, yeah. Nobody now knows where she is. I mean, it's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then obviously six years, uh, you've been really active in the campaign. Can you sort of explain just some of the different ways you try to raise public awareness some of the different things you've done across these six years just to try and, you know, get Nazanin home, which has finally happened? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so many different things, really. Um, the change.org petition was the first thing. So after Richard had found out that she'd been in solitary confinement um, and, and that was pretty horrific because it's... Um, a room the size of a double bed and in there she had three blankets one to lie on one for a, a pillow and one to uh, put over her so at the beginning Richard had been fairly quiet because foreign office advice will stay mm. quiet and I think then when he found out that that had been going on he was like well this is so not right this is, she's not just coming back this is um we need to do something about this so yeah he started the change.org petition um and it was amazing at the beginning I can remember on the first day we had a staff meeting actually at school and I'd asked everyone everyone was like, oh my gosh that's awful and we were I don't know 50 people that had signed it or something because it was only the family that had known from the day before and then by the end of the day I can remember I had teacher running in and go oh my goodness it's like 20,000 people that have signed it already and uh, um, yeah so it was strange because at that point in time uh, we were doing everything we could to raise awareness to try and get her voice heard um, and get the petition known so in break times and things, I'd be phoning up random um, record producers and stuff, and, uh, and and people that we thought might actually be able to to be her voice, um, and tweeting literally till ridiculous hours of the night. Uh, we did Twitter storms, um, yeah, um, just so many sort of social media things which yeah. did work in an awful, awfully good way because we had huge amounts. I mean, now we've got. I think it's 3.7 million signatures on there wow. but even at, even at the beginning when we got to about 100,000 they were from hundreds of different countries it was all over the world including Iran where you wouldn't actually necessarily think mm. people would would uh, sign from be a bit scared but um no we, we've we've done lots of social media obviously Richard's done a lot in the on the tv um and radio and things as well um various different things like each year we've had um the tree outside where their flat is we've decorated it and involved um, children, so um, things like we've had the One Day of Freedom and some of the local schools have written what they would do if they had One Day of Freedom and, and we've decorated them yeah, around yeah. the tree. Um, or painting stones, we've done a lot of, uh, we started that one Mother's Day and uh, yeah, painting stones to sort of be hidden and, and put everywhere. Uh, what else have we done? Ribbons everywhere, we had it yellow ribbons. Um, we did the Edinburgh Marathon. We did it as a relay. So, wow. <laughs> so yes, I did run in a marathon, but actually I <laughs> did not finish the whole marathon at all. 
um yeah just, just lots of different things to keep her name to keep her name out there really to keep yeah. the voice um yeah keep it alive and obviously um rich has also done other things with lawyers and stuff like that that uh, the rest of us haven't we, we've been more on badge making and, and helping out with the, the big events rather than uh, <laughs> rather than doing the uh, the actual legal sorts of things well no it definitely helped though because it was you know i feel like across the six years it's constantly been in the news which is you know exactly what was needed um a former cabinet minister has said sort of you know the last thing that families should be forced to do at this time is you know organize public campaigns and push the ministers to act do you do you agree with that did you find it frustrating that this you had to constantly be trying to push this agenda when really maybe it shouldn't have been your responsibility oh absolutely because if you look in your in the front of a passport it says that you're you're afforded protection now Nazanine has a british passport and an iranian passport the fact that she's got the British one means she should have protection. So she went out there, she was held hostage for a government debt. So yeah, we should, as a family, we shouldn't have done anything. They should have paid the debt. She should never have been imprisoned in the first place. Um, so yeah, we shouldn't, we should not have spent the last six years campaigning to get her out at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it difficult to remain hopeful across the six years? Was it, you know, that motivation to keep going? Did it feel at times like she was maybe never going to get home? Uh, no, I don't think so, because I think <laughs> I think we're quite a stubborn family. <laughs> and I don't think you can think like that. If you thought that she's never going to come home, you, you just give up. So, no, I do remember my neighbour at the beginning. So we were told at the beginning that we'd only it would only be a couple of weeks. Mm. And my, my neighbour said, oh, she'd be home by Christmas. And this was uh, obviously March sort of time, this sort of time of year. It's like she'd be home by Christmas. Like, don't don't be so ridiculous. Of course, she's going to be home way before that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's frustrating that it kept going and kept going and kept going. But I think if you if we'd have given up, if you'd have lost sight of the hope that's there, then yeah, that you just couldn't mm. carry on. That would be yeah, really depressing. Yeah. Us, um, yeah. No, and also, I think the fact that actually there were so many people behind us, like you say, it's been in the news so much, and it's been brilliant. I mean, everyone has kept it in the news, but also so many random people i've got so many friends from america now all over the country here that have been tweeting for her that send me messages totally random people that i've never met before that now i do know as really lovely friends that keeps keeps your hopes up doesn't it yeah, because yeah. everybody else and also every so often that there were some americans that got released or um there was an australian that got released so you know that actually if the government does what well if they paid the money or whatever then yeah then you know that she's going to be coming home it's just trying to get them to uh to do what they need to do um and then Iran doing what they need to do because they should never have taken her in the first place uh yeah I mean it's nice that some maybe some you know good things have come out of it through those friendships maybe I mean Richard I think it was quite um quite widely reported on when he did his hunger strikes um most recently the 21 days which is just <laughs> phenomenal really. yeah <laughs> how did it feel to watch him sort of every day you know go another day and you know what yeah. was that like to see your cousin in that sort of situation it was hard because we knew what he should yeah we knew why he was doing it and mm-hmm. it was really good for media and everything else so again it highlighted it and it was but it was a last resort and it was mm-hmm. he needs to sorry he Gabriella she needs two parents yeah um, so seeing him potentially making himself poorly but equally he was doing it so that she gets two parents and she has got two parents and it has kept her in the news um I think we're lucky that my um his sister my my other cousin is a doctor um so the, he was monitored fairly mm. 
well. However, 21 days of no food is yeah. it's not good for you. No. <laughs> I, well, glad to say that's the last one. Ever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you sort of touched upon it, uh, you know, just then, but what how do you feel like the government has handled Nazanin's case? It's obviously been across successive, you know, administrations now, but what, what are your opinions on that? I'm going to be as diplomatic as my cousin and uh, and keep quiet for that at the moment. We're incredibly grateful that she's home. Mm, yeah. um, we've had a lot of support from some people. For example, Jeremy Hunt has been absolutely brilliant. Um, and locally, actually, um, we've got um, a Liberal Democrat um, councillor uh, who has done so much, Richard Dixon. And actually, um, yeah, even our very local councillor has been amazing. So there are some people who have been absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. And yeah, I would like to thank anybody that has helped to get Nathanin home, really. Yeah, yeah, I've seen quite a lot about, is it Tulip Sadiq? The, the yeah, sorry, Nathanin. I should have mentioned her. Yeah, she's yeah. been amazing as well. She seems like she's done so much, yeah she, yeah. she had a baby and the baby was only about two or three weeks back, three weeks old when she came back. And literally the first thing she had was Nazanin she came back because of Nazanin to sort of help I mean the baby oh. is so tiny so yeah I think also having had the baby probably makes her um probably gave her a bit of a idea as to well I couldn't leave lose my baby so understanding from Nazanin's point of yeah. view as well but yeah it certainly wasn't the maternity leave I think she was uh, expecting <laughs> <laughs> well it's good that there has been you know obviously those individuals that have really helped this along I mean there was quite a lot of press about Boris Johnson uh, and certain comments he's made in the past, he sort of he misidentified Nazanin as a you know a teacher of journalism when that's you know that's not what she was doing. Do you feel like he should expect more responsibility now? I mean, he's now prime minister. He made those comments when he was foreign secretary. How has it been to watch his rise to power when you know you've always seen how he's he was quite responsible for you know comments that were wrong. Mm, again I'll keep quiet on this one I think I think uh, yeah I need to be a bit diplomatic on some of my views <laughs> yeah yeah I'll keep quiet on that one fair enough well um I'm not sure maybe this is another one you might want to fight on but the idea of this debt you touched on it before this debt that was key really to Nazanin's yeah. do you feel that this debt was key to Nazanin's release absolutely yeah yeah no she was told within the first sort of couple of weeks of being held that um, Iran wanted something from the UK. Now, there are, she should never have been put in prison. She should, it, she was totally innocent. She shouldn't have been put in prison. You can't take somebody because of a debt. That's yeah. totally wrong. Yeah. However, the debt had been ordered through the courts. The UK had been ordered to pay that debt. Mm. So the fact it's taken six years is not okay. She would yeah. not have been in prison either if that debt hadn't even been there in the first place and if it had been paid when she, uh, when they, had asked for it and it and through um, I think it was a court in the Hague that had uh, ordered the debt to be paid so it, need, it needed to be paid that's mm. end of the story yeah. really yeah so this is the 450 million debt um it was back back from the 1970s which just seems you know beyond belief that such a it was before of, she was even born <laughs> yeah yeah debt has now you know affected this a life of an innocent woman so much was it was it frustrating to see it took so long for me like for people to recognize this debt I feel like a lot of the news coverage didn't didn't really mention the debt it wasn't really no, it wasn't for a few it wasn't for a few years that it was actually I think it was quite quiet at the beginning anyway um and then even when it then sort of got a bit of momentum yeah as you say it wasn't really mm. covered um, that much and I think that's probably people trying to keep it quiet because the debt wasn't necessarily wanted to be paid mm, that makes yeah. sense um 
but now it has been paid thankfully and well yeah. as far as we know it has been paid now how yeah. they've done it with their sanctions and everything I have no idea but that's mm. home, which is yeah, the important thing for us yeah yeah well obviously you sort of mentioned there that you know this debt should have been paid a lot earlier perhaps you know right from the start this was the key reason do you think now there needs to be some kind of inquiry into how the government has handled this case you know failings of why this debt wasn't paid earlier personally I would like that but yeah that's not up to me really that's up to Ricky and Naz I guess that's uh, yeah. yeah I think there are a lot of things that could be learned from Nazanin being there um for example the foreign office when um when Nazanin went to Iran the foreign office advice was yeah it was it was just normal and actually the advice changed on going to Iran after she'd been detained so you can mm. now it, it says about being arbitrarily detained um but also there are as Naz um, said in her press conference, there's still lots of people out there. She's the lucky one that had mm. had us shouting about her, but had a voice effectively. There are so many that are either keeping quiet because the Foreign Office have advised that, or maybe just haven't got the voice that we had. Um, and I know mm. I don't know if you saw that um, Roxanne Tab- um, Tabaz was at the press conference yeah, as well. Yeah. And her, da- her dad's still out there. So yeah. if there is an inquiry, maybe they, they could actually learn that maybe paying the debts that are due might um might get people freed yeah that press conference was really it was quite amazing to see you know a family that's been through so much sort of stand up and speak about it It was such grace how did it feel for you maybe watching that press conference and to see Nazneen shine a light on another case that is also in need of I know it, it was amazing to be fair because she's she's not somebody that's done an awful lot of public speaking or whatever and to have that many cameras in front of you yeah um three or four days back after getting getting back from such an awful ordeal I mean it must have been horrific anyway and then to to share her the time that she's been dreaming of for the last six years to share that with another family to actually say look you need to do something now this isn't just me I'm back I'm lucky now let's carry on let's get the next people on um and I also noticed I don't know if you saw that um Anusha Ashori so he was the uh, the person that came back with her at the same time um, he did a press conference, but well, it wasn't a press conference. It was um, he was talking to Sky News. But again, he was saying, "Look, I'm not going to stop till they're all back." So yeah, cl- clearly to everybody, as it would I think to all of us, it, yeah, th- there's um, yeah, they need to keep going and and helping everyone because yeah. they're all in an awful situation. Yeah. So Nazanin and Richard, quite you know, you know, fit, are they going to continue campaigning? Do you think you'll continue campaigning for those that are still still there? Um, I can't talk for Ricky and Naz. I do, I do know that he did say that he was retiring, though. So whether, <laughs> whether he will forever, I have no idea. But yeah. certainly he said at the moment, and he needs to get back to, uh, to normality and, and with his baby and his wife, well, baby yeah. daughter now and wife. Um, will I ever stop? Probably not on a much lesser scale, I'm sure. But even on Twitter still, I'm still retweeting because I'm like, yeah. actually, these people need a voice. Yeah, and I've got yeah. quite a few people that follow me because of Nazanin. That yeah. actually other yeah I can be their voice as well so yeah no I don't think I will stop but hopefully yeah. on slightly less of a scale <laughs> <laughs> yeah well maybe just uh just to sort of sum up how how did you feel when you heard that Nazneen was gonna what was that moment when you heard that she was you know going to be on that plane and coming home do you know what it was a mixture of nervousness and um excitement because we've been here so many times well, not so many times but uh, yeah a good few times so we've always said until she's actually on that plane. And even then when she was on that plane, it's still like, well, until she's out of the airspace. 
yeah. and it wasn't real until she was on the soil in England. Um, <laughs> no, we couldn't get our hopes up, but it was just about, oh, come on, come on, come on. And then in the airport, they took longer than they were supposed to take. Um, so that was just so nerve wracking. And I, I was asked for a few interviews, actually, for radios um, locally. And I was like, no, I can't do anything. Not until tomorrow. Until she's yeah. here. I'm not jeopardising anything by, <laughs> by by doing anything. No, I, I can't do that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, when she when she walked down the steps and you could see the determination in her walk to uh, to the building, it was just like, oh, God, that's, yeah, she's home. She's properly back. And, yeah, that was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. It must have been such a moment. <laughs> a long-awaited <laughs> moment, definitely. Absolutely. Well, and all of our family watching on different devices yeah. in different areas of the country. It was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's amazing. I guess, I mean, maybe it's sort of, hard to explain but how do you feel like this experience has changed your family has changed you maybe you know has it what in kind of impact has it had well I think sort of thinking about well I, I never knew any of this went on I genuinely mm. yeah, yeah. I, I never knew any of this went on and um, it's a horrible world that we live in in some ways so in that way I think it's changed me for the worse having mm. said that we've had um, family conference calls weekly if not um, every other week um, for the last six years so actually bringing our family we were a relatively close family anyway but we're quite a big family if you look at so I've got my aunt and uncle and then uh, and my mum and then all the cousins there's 40 of us with the children so it's there are a lot of us so getting together we did get together but it would be like a big family party but actually when we're doing conference calls and things we could do it um every couple of weeks on on zoom um so yeah i would say we were an awful lot closer because of that and then probably did a, a lot more things like doing the different events doing the anniversaries doing the the carol singing that we did that we used to do every year outside uh um outside the houses of parliament things like that so definitely we've seen more of each other um and yeah just it's also changed me in a way of knowing how kind other people are as well so yes there are some horrible horrible people doing some horrible things but actually, there are some lovely people out there, as I say, that I now know from all over the world that are, yeah, just have hearts of gold and, and just help people. So, um, yeah, how's it changed me totally? Yeah, I would say for the better. But I, yeah, I wouldn't ever want any family to have to go through that. Because yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, it was just horrible. And from Nazanin's point of view, she has, well, from the whole whole family's point of view six years of, of her life she's lost she's missed out on things that she'll never get back again like taking Gabriella to school for her first day of school going to the park watching her um I don't know her, her first nativity all the sorts of things like that that we all just take for granted um yeah. and it, yeah it's it's sad so yeah yeah it's definitely going to be maybe a long road to fully get back to to normal what do you think what do you think your family's like maybe most looking forward to as you know now that Nazneen is back or what kind of things do you think you're gonna be what, have you got any plans for the for a big reunion yeah do you know what? I'm sure we will I don't know when yet but uh, when she's feeling up to it because as I said, yeah. there's, there's quite a few of us but yeah a big reunion and do you know what just when she was back on the soil and you asked how I felt it was almost like a weight had lifted off me. And this is me, a cousin. This is not Ricky and Naz who have been properly, properly in the thick of it. But I was like, oh, that's so good. The, the underlying anxiety that's just been there for the last six years, it's just gone. It was, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, it, that was that was a really nice moment. So for them, I mean, they must just, yeah, they're yeah. going to be 
well there'll be different people anyway they've been through such different experiences yeah but the anxiety that must have just gone must be phenomenal now yeah yeah and for Gabriella as well to have her mum back that's uh, absolutely and and to show off her mum to her friends and things because for the last six years yes I have got a mummy well where is she well you haven't got a mummy then have you well no I have got a mummy she's just not here (laughs) but yeah it's yeah, no, lovely for her. And to show her things, to be able to take her mum into school to show her her work or, um, yeah. oh, I don't know, just just the normal things that we've all taken for granted. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's definitely been a, a big, big six years for you and your family. But luckily it has had the sort of ending that we all we all wanted. We were all hoping for a Nazanina's home. But uh, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been so interesting to hear it from you know right at the center well thank you so much for uh, for talking to me because it is people like you that has kept her name alive the whole time and yeah whether whether we'd have the same outcome if we hadn't been as vocal and people hadn't been as kind and uh, and shared her voice as well so thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of the latest and make sure you tune back in next week for another episode <laughs>